Hello, and welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, a naturopathic doctor. I am flying solo today to do a nutrient highlight. So today I wanted to talk to everybody about glutathione. Dr. Dave and I were talking about this the other day, how it's come up on his radar a little bit, and it's come up on mine um, a lot. Um, just with some of the testing that I do, I'm finding remnants of heavy metals, molds, chemical residues, things like that. So um, glutathione or supporting glutathione production could be part of some of my treatment plans for my clients. So I wanted to discuss a little bit about what this is, why it's important, why it needs to be supported, and how we can go about doing that, um, even in your day-to-day -day life. But first off, let's kind of go through a little bit of what glutathione even is. It's a nutrient that's produced in the liver, um, and it's also literally found in every single human cell um, in the body. It's made of primarily three amino acids. One is called cysteine, one is glycine, one is glutamate or glutamic acid. Um, it is universally known as like the master antioxidant. Um, it also it plays a really important role in the use and the recycling of other antioxidants like our vitamin C, our alpha lipoic acid, vitamin E, CoQ10, those kinds of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are two forms. There is the reduced form, which is GSH. And it is the active form. This is what patrols our cellular environment and puts out oxidative damage. So just to go back to the idea of an antioxidant, which glutathione is, it is something that helps address oxidative damage and quell free radicals and the damage that they do by oxidizing molecules, cells, things like that, which then will facilitate, which will then accelerate cellular uh poor cellular function, poor cellular health, um, faster aging process, development of chronic diseases. When the antioxidant burn, when your oxidative stress burden is really overwhelming, that is associated with a lot of degenerative health conditions, chronic diseases, faster aging, faster cellular death, that kind of stuff. So that's why antioxidants are quite important. So back to what GSH, the reduced active form of glutathione, it patrols our cellular environment and it puts out oxidative damage from free radicals. And then in turn, by putting out the oxidative damage, there's always an exchange. So um, it actually becomes oxidized itself and then turns in its, into its inactive form. And that is called the GSSG. So GSH active form reduced, GSSG inactive form oxidized. It can then be recycled back to its active GSH form through an enzyme called glutathione reductase. So our body is really well equipped to try to keep these things up and keep recycling and moving through um, and reprocessing and reactivating, healing itself. Like our body's really remarkable when we think about the detail mechanics of what's happening underneath what we are visibly able to see. When the glutathione reductase enzyme though, if it's overwhelmed, this is a key thing. When it's overwhelmed, for instance, um, its job is just, it's too much. There's too much oxidized and uh, oxidized glutathione that it has to process. Um, and there's an overwhelming amount of that. And if it accumulates and if it becomes more of a burden compared to the active form. So if we have a greater concentration of the GSSG inactive oxidative form of glutathione, versus our reduced active form, that is when we start to get um, more of the effects of oxidative stress start to accumulate. And then there could be more 
cellular damage. Our cells are more susceptible to the damage of oxidative stress. <clears throat> so glutathione has some really key roles. It does help the body process and eliminate toxins and detoxification processes. This is happening on a liver level systemically for our whole body. We'll get to that in a second, but it's also happening on a cellular level. Like it literally takes out our cellular trash constantly because you can't just keep your garbage accumulating inside your cell your cell will cease to function optimally so it's not just systemic detoxification it's cellular garbage and trash removal detoxification <clears throat> it supports energy production it's a potent free radical scavenger uh, again antioxidant protections it's anti-aging and it supports immune health these are why this is why glutathione is such an important nutrient to support it is also important for cell signaling, enzymatic function, gene expression, cellular differentiation, as well as cellular proliferation. So DNA, uh, gene expression, so that has to do with our DNA, our ability to create cells, proliferate new cells, and differentiate cells. So a, an eye cell is different from like a skin cell. So we need to be able to make sure that we have these specific processes intact so that our body continues to work cohesively and distinctively in various areas. <clears throat> our cells contain naturally a large amount of glutathione, and that's because it's of its extremely important role. So I'm going to break down a few more things now. So it is really important for mitochondrial protection. We've talked about mitochondria in some other episodes here and there, but I want to get a little bit more specific. So to remind you, mitochondria are the power plants of each of our cells. It is where energy is produced on a cellular level. So it takes the fuel, it takes in fuel on a cellular level to drive cellular function. And it creates energy from that fuel. And that fuel is going to come from what we ingest internally and what we absorb from our nutrients. And then that's used as fuels to power our cells through mitochondrial function, which then produces energy that the cell can then use on a cellular level. Without healthy mitochondria, cellular health suffers greatly. Without healthy mitochondria, cellular health will suffer greatly. And we are nothing if we are not made up of cells. So if our cellular health functions, our health functions, organ health functions, enzymatic um, effects um, will be suffering. All those kinds of things are going to start to suffer. Our health suffers. I think I said our health functions. Our health suffers. Um, so glutathione helps to protect our mitochondrial health. It ensures that things like heavy metals, organic toxins, and even inter intracellular metabolic byproducts don't damage the mitochondria. So when I say intracellular metabolic byproducts, whenever we use a fuel source, our body naturally creates metabolic end products through the metabolism, through the energy production. There's always a little bit of residual gunk garbage or stuff that's no longer necessary. We've taken what we needed, and then there's a residual kind of whatever garbage. And that needs to be flushed out of the cells so that the mitochondria are not affected. That's kind of where that means. So our glutathione helps with the oxidative damage that can happen from intracellular uh, metabol metabolism. It can help with preventing uh, any chemical residues or anything that's burdening the body from really affecting um, the mitochondrial health as well because it's its role in detoxification. 
I have the window open. I don't know if everybody heard that truck go by. <laughs> um, aging. It's also a really important role in aging. As oxidative damage becomes overwhelming, it actually speeds up the aging process on a cellular level and then on a tissue level and then on a systemic level. And it can lead to more chronic disease. Um, it has been noted that sometimes that people who have lived to their 80s have been ha found to have slightly higher glutathione levels than their than other people who have maybe passed away at an earlier age, low levels of glutathione can also trigger cellular death or premature cellular death. So this is a really big deal. The lower levels are glutathione, the more likely our cells are going to be triggered to have a premature death because if they can't function, the mitochondria are depleted, that cell is no longer of use. So we're going to kill off the cell. <clears throat> As an antioxidant, Let's just think about this. Every time you eat, you breathe, you move, your body's cells need to use fuel to create, um, use fuel that's created from the food that we eat to produce energy on a cellular level, just like I talked about above with mitochondria health and metabolic health. So like a car that uses gasoline, it then it creates a um, the exhaust as a byproduct, so do our cells. So they make metabolic end products by burning our fuels internally. And then that is that can be a free radical as a byproduct. So again, those oxidative damaging free radicals. And these free radicals can steal electrons from other molecules and in turn create some damage to cells and DNA. Some estimates um, have been made that every cell in the body takes 10,000 oxidative hits to its DNA every day. So oxidative scavenging, uh, antioxidant scavenging is something that's consistently happening through our system. Glutathione supports oxidative damage beyond just that for the mitochondria, but it also does this for the rest of the cell as well. So beyond just mitochondrial support, it protects us in other ways against oxidative damage. And we need antioxidants to counter this damage. Glutathione helps neutralize a very wide range of antioxidants, which would then impact mitochondrial health, vascular health, mopping up free, free radicals that would then otherwise produce more inflammation as a consequence, because the more free radicals you have, the more your immune system kicks in to try to also manage that. When your immune system kicks in, inflammation is a residual byproduct. Um, Oxidative damage is associated with various chronic health conditions like diabetes, atherosclerosis, hypertension or high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, cancers. So we need this to help protect our DNA from, from free radical damage. That's why glutathione is such an important antioxidant because it also scavenges a wide range of oxidative free radicals. From a detoxification perspective, so as I already kind of talked about with the metabolic byproducts, as our cells make waste, when we eat and we burn fuels, we need to be, uh, it, it creates a waste product and that waste needs to be effectively neutralized or removed from the cells. And glutathione does play a really um, helpful role in that. However, on a systemic level, we still need to get rid of all that garbage. And it typically gets um, shifted to our liver and our liver goes by two distinct phases of detoxification, phase one and phase two. And it's really important to be able to support this because a body that can't effectively clear out waste will eventually suffer as it is, that is it will then burden our immune system and inflammatory responses as well. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, if your immune system 
is chronically being triggered, if your inflammation is chronically being revved and nothing is putting out the inflammation, there's nothing to balance it out. That's where chronic disease happens. These things in short periods of moments and acute phases are great, but when it becomes chronic and poorly regulated and just overwhelmingly like excessive, that's when it starts to affect us on a health level. Disease can be more likely to happen. We are more vulnerable in those, in those states. So it's important to support our detoxification because we need to get rid of garbage. If you never got rid of the trash in your house, your house would become a cesspool. There'd be microbial burdens. There'd be health problems for you. It would stink. It would, you know, there'd be mold. There'd be this. It creates this overwhelming amount of burden if you never took the trash out in your house and just kept getting caking up more space in your house more space in your house and then there's less space to actually function effectively within your home same thing within our body we need to get rid of these things so that things continue to function safely and they don't have these extra burdens anyways back to liver detoxification phase one and phase two phase two in particular the enzyme activity will convert a partially degraded toxic substance from that's left phase one and entered phase two, it's still quite toxic. And sometimes it's actually more toxic after phase one uh, metabolism out of liver detoxification. So it moves to phase two and then the enzymes convert it through something called conjugation. And conjugation basically neutralizes the toxic potential of these substances, makes them more water soluble or makes them water soluble, not more water soluble, just water soluble. <laughs> and uh, this allows it to be then safely excreted from our body through either our bowels or through our kidneys. So phase two detoxification is an extremely important step. Glutathione plays a very pivotal role in the conjugation um, component of phase two detoxification. So this is really key because it's important for all chemical exposures for us to be able to process things. And frankly, we currently live in a chemical soup in modern day society. If it's not pesticides, it's flame retardants on our mattresses. If it's not that, it's the synthetic flavorings and food colorings and MSG in our food. If it's not that, it's air pollution. If it's not that, it's the uh, Teflon coating on your cookware. If it's not that, it's the endocrine disruptors in your body and beauty care products. If it's not that, it's the fragrances in your, in your laundry detergent. If it's not that, it's, it's just wild. And I think we tend to undervalue how chemically burdened this current world is. And because of that, we need to ensure that our detoxification pathways have the basic building blocks they need from a nutrient perspective to function well and support those enzymatic reactions. So this is where glutathione is key. Uh, glutathione is also really important with other things for detoxification. So things like molds, mycotoxins, as well as heavy metals, it does play a very important role in helping us purge those effectively and safely from our body. From an energy production perspective, when the ratios of active GSH or, um, and oxidative GSSG are in a state of imbalance, and let's just say there's more GSSG, the inactive form, then there is a greater oxidative stress on the system. And this could actually manifest if long, if, if, if un, un, um, 
if it's not fixed or if it's not managed, this can manifest as fatigue, poor mental health or poor mental focus, brain fog, muscle fatigue, aches and pains. These types of symptoms are often associated with like a chronic disease. And we've already talked about that oxidative damage can leave the body more leave the body more vulnerable for the development of different chronic diseases. And we already listed a whole bunch that oxidative damage and free radicals are associated with like the, the cardiovascular disease, diabetes, like hypertension, all those things. It's also can associated with autoimmune conditions, this fatigue and this low energy, but also mitochondrial dysfunction. Oxidative effects on mitochondrial health alone can result in extreme fatigue. Um, we've talked to different guests about chronic fatigue or mitochondrial dysfunction and how when that's compromised, it's really hard for your body to do have the get up and go it needs to, to service you, to show up for you, to function for you. So restoring your GSH to GSSG ratio can often correct um, a lot of, um, if not sometimes all of people's energy depletion type of symptoms, not in every case, but it can be an extremely important step in helping people regain their energy supply. From an immune and inflammatory perspective, because glutathione is such an important antioxidant, and if that ratio is out, and if glutathione is um, not the production isn't being supported or it's um, in addition to it being extremely depleted, et cetera, then the oxidative damage becomes very overwhelming. Then our immune system has to kick in to try to also help navigate that. And when the immune system kicks in, an inflammation response is there. So this will have an impact on immune function and inflammatory response. There are various PubMed articles that I found that would connect uh, low glutathione levels. Um, there might be a connection between low glutathione levels and autoimmunity. There's associations with neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's disease or even like cystic fibrosis, or that GSH is an inhibitor of inflammation and a regulator of innate immunity in certain lung conditions. So there's some really interesting like scientific literature about the benefits of glutathione and some of the disease states when it's not in its either good quality form, not enough, or not being um, recycled well, its effect on these chronic health um, states and diseases. So let's talk about what actually depletes glutathione. Low levels of glutathione can make you very vulnerable to oxidative disease and stress, inflammation, and in turn acceler accelerates aging and chronic disease. It's gonna naturally deplete as we age. But there are also a lot of other influencing factors that are going to further deplete our glutathione level, like chemical exposure, because we need glutathione to process this out. This will deplete our active version of glutathione as we're constantly having to process these chemicals more so than I think we've probably ever have in our human life. So this is going to naturally deplete that. And then if we don't have enough of the building blocks and the nutrients to improve the recycling of glutathione back to its active form, then we're going to have a depletion of this nutrient. So if we're thinking about the chemical soup that we live in, it's literally all the time in modern day society. I'm talking about those cosmetics, those house cleaning products, the nonstick coating on your cookware, the plastics, the air fresheners, the fragrance, the solvents, the paint removers, the pesticides, the herbicides, like this list is actually quite exhaustive when you stop and think about it. Heavy metals will also deplete glutathione production. So mercury, cadmium, arsenic, uh, lead, alcohol, and smoking will deplete your glutathione. Pollution, poor diet, the standard North American diet, not very nutrient dense. So how are we going to have the building blocks to support glutathione recycling and the production of it if we're not just eating the basic nutrients that are required for our body to show up for us? The standard North American diet is extremely very much a sad diet. 
uh, stress will affect glutathione production. Certain medications, Tylenol is extremely well known as depleting glutathione. So this is where a lot of things were happening in the winter recently, um, where parents were trying to give their kids Tylenol for fevers. And what we, do, a lot of parents aren't aware of is that it naturally depletes your glutathione production. So now you're leaving this particular body even more vulnerable, um, whether it's for a short period of time or a long period of time, that's to be determined. But supporting healthy glutathione production, if you actually have to take some Tylenol, is very important. UV radiation exposure can also affect um, glutathione production, but also various chronic illnesses will further deplete glutathione like AIDS and HIV, macular degeneration, Parkinson's disease, diabetes. And this is a huge thing. This is a massive epidemic in our world. Uh, hepatitis, cancer, COPD, Alzheimer's, liver's diseases, uh, sickle cell anemia, stroke, heart disease, and even infertility. So how can we begin to support glutathione production? First, I want to talk about methylation. Um, we need a healthy methylation uh, cycle and operations and function happening in our body to support glutathione production. So first of all, methylation is critical for human health just in and of itself. It plays a really important role in regulating DNA repair for neurotransmitters, for brain fog, mood, energy, hormone levels, detoxification. It's also a really big part of phase two detoxification in our liver. It's kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> donors for methylation are often things like that will support methylation are like B6, active form of B12. So, uh, methylcobalamin, um, the active form of folic acid, which is folate, but I would say the methylated version of folate. So five methyl tetrahydrofolate TMG or trimethylglycine are also really good donors to support methylation function. Um, without getting too detailed and geeky about it. Glutathione depends on a healthy methylation cycle to provide enough homocysteine because methylation will affect homocysteine production. And then homocysteine is a donor of the main building block of glutathione known as cysteine, one of those key amino acids. And it's typically one of the first steps using this amino acid as part of the, one of the first steps to glutathione production. So if our methylation pathways are screwed up and we're not producing optimal homocysteine, and let's just say we're not eating optimal levels of uh, nutrients that are, or, or foods that are rich in cysteine, then we are lacking a critical step, like a rate limiting step for the production of glutathione because we're missing a key building block. But what's really interesting is that also, uh, if glutathione production is also compromised, it can cause a backup of homocysteine, which then will put more strain on the methylation cycle to remove it. So we have to remember that everything in the body works in a very fine balance. It's actually quite incredible how it's able to self-regulate itself under the right conditions, keyword, under the right conditions. So um, there are different ways about assessing methylation pathways and functions, et cetera. Um, some people use uh, DNA testing. So a lot of people understand that there's these enzymes called MT, uh, MTHFR and MTR that regulate the speed of methylation in our body. And depending on how well those are functioning, there could be a genetic component that is causing poor methylation. Um, and sometimes it's just a nutrient depletion, right? So sometimes you can just take those methylated B vitamins and some of the cofactors, et cetera, to support methylation, but it could be a genetic component. It's best to work with your naturopath or your functional medicine doctor to understand if this is something you need to explore further. From a dietary perspective, there are some foods that naturally contain glutathione, like asparagus, avocado, cabbage, broccoli, garlic, but there are different factors that are going to affect 
uh, its level of availability and maybe um, and its ability to be absorbed. Um, for instance, like cooking will actually reduce glutathione levels in certain foods. Um, so we don't necessarily want to overcook foods or expect us to be getting ample amounts of glutathione from food that is cooked um, or depending on how well your digestive processes are, that could, might be a limiting factor as well. Um, but there are various foods that are going to provide the building blocks for glutathione production. And a lot of these foods are similar to the ones that already have a little bit of glutathione within them. Um, and we want to look for foods that are rich in things like sulfur, cysteine, selenium, so that we can amplify our glutathione production or support its production. Grass-fed, clean sources of dairy, um, we'll also provide whey protein, again, from a clean grass-fed organic source that can help support glutathione production, allium-containing foods, so foods that contain sulfur, garlic, onions, chives, leeks, shallots will help um, provide the building blocks to pr produce glutathione, cruciferous foods, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, bok choy, arugula, radishes, etc. Those are going to provide some sulfur-based compounds as well as other nutrients that are going to support glutathione production. Alpha lipoic acid rich foods. So things like organ meats, beef, um, tomatoes, broccoli. I wrote something down and I think I uh, misspelled it. Um, so we're going to skip that part because I don't remember what it was supposed to be. Uh, selenium rich foods. So we have like seafood, oysters, Brazil nuts, eggs, mushrooms. Those are all going to be supportive of giving your body building blocks to make glutathione. This goes back to my previous point of the standard American diet, SAD. It is a SAD diet that is high in processed foods, high in carbohydrates, high in inflammatory, already oxidative and oxidatively damaged oils, high in sugars, low in nutrient density. Not a lot of people are eating the fiber to feed their gut microbiome. Not only that a lot of people are eating copious amounts of color on their plate to get a wide variety of naturally occurring vitamins, nutrients, and minerals. So this is where shifting the diet is going to be very important to support your glutathione production. And I don't care who you are in the health industry or the medical industry, you cannot deny the impact that food and nutrition has on your body's ability to show up. And it infuriates me when doctors dismiss diet, when doctors dismiss nutrients, when doctors dismiss supplements. <coughs> Excuse me, as I get choked up. It's infuriating to watch that. And as if it doesn't have an impact, what do you think our body is built on? What do you think fuels our cells? What do you think restores function and drives function and causes enzymatic production? It's not red dye number 57, that's for sure. It's not aspartame, that's for sure. I will never stop being an advocate for good nutrition, period. <clears throat> From a supplement perspective, a lot of supplements that are glutathione are just not gonna be very well absorbed as glutathione itself. If it's encapsulated and it's powderized, there's it's waste of your money. If you are going to go into a supplement version, then liposomal forms of glutathione do have a higher absorption rate and assimilation rate. 
I think one of the gold standards is really IV, but that requires, it's a bit more invasive that requires doctor's appointments and you do need to be tested to make sure you can do IV therapy um, and have a proper workup to ensure that the amount, the dosage and monitoring of your symptoms is good. Um, I've, uh, sorry, nebulized glutathione. So where it's inhaled the GSH, um, that can also be really great, but a lot, some of these things might require um some of these suggestions could require a prescription. And in all fairness, I would say it's always best to work with your naturopath or functional medicine doctor to ensure that this form of supplementation is the right thing for you at the right stage of your healing. And also you're getting it in the form that will best meet your needs. Don't just go and start medicating yourself with these things. It's best to work with someone on this so that you can kind of look at things from a bird's eye view and get really systematic with how you approach this. Um, other ways that you can begin to support your glutathione production is also by just giving, supplementing with some of the building blocks. So NAC uh, and acetylcysteine, i.e. cysteine, that first that first step of um, adding that amino acid to produce glutathione that is a really awesome one. And I am going to do a future podcast just about NAC because I think it's phenomenal for its activities in our body, aside from its supportive glutathione production, alpha lipoic acid, selenium, SAMe. You can also take certain supplements like that to also support your, your production. Like I said, supporting methylation production could also be a key factor in helping your glutathione. I would also say start reducing your exposure to different to the chemical super in where you can. And we've had two episodes now about environmental toxins. One that I did recently that also highlighted one where there was a guest previously on the podcast with Dr. Dave and, and the previous co-host, Dr. Kara, about environmental toxins. There are ways to begin to reduce your chemical soup that you're in. Um, even if it's not a pristine world that we can live in, we can begin to make smarter choices for our body. We can learn to drink good quality. We can invest in good water filtration systems. We can get air purifiers for the air inside our house. We can start buying cleaner products. We can clean our windows with vinegar and water rather than Windex. Like there's a lot of things that we can do to start to reduce our chemical, uh, chemical soup that we're exposed to. So I would say that would be the place to start. Improve your nutrition start to reduce your chemical footprint, uh, not, sorry, start, start to make better choices about what kind of chemicals uh, you're exposing to your body uh, internally with ingestion, as well as topically uh, with what you're putting on your skin or breathing in through your surroundings with cleaning products, et cetera. Start to assess the house you live in and the things that you do and how you can begin to reduce your exposure to things that are going to naturally use up more glutathione so that your body can detoxify this garbage out of your body. Improve your pooping so you can actually eliminate these things from your body. Get good quality water, move your body, sweat, um, uh, exercise. That also helps flush garbage out of the system. Eat antioxidant rich foods, eat a colorful plate. Make sure you prioritize good quality proteins on your plate and lots of veggies and fruits. And don't max out on like sugars and carbs and refined carbohydrates at every meal. Those are simple things you can begin to do to improve your quality of life, your health, and support this really important nutrient in our body. I hope what that was uh, informative and helpful uh, on our little glutathione highlight. And as always, thanks for listening to my crazy rambles. <laughs> I hope you had a good time. See you next week, guys.